again, it's Maria Recruit here from All Things Real Estate. And you know what's happening out there in the world of uh, real estate, and this is October the 15th, 2020, is that many people are trying to purchase homes and there are tenants in the homes that don't want to leave. So what do you do? I mean, what are your steps in order to make sure that you're able to purchase your home, uh, purchase a home with, with the tenants not being there? And also you can sell a home without the tenants being there. So there are steps, um, logical steps to all of this. And I have a wonderful guest. His name is Vladimir Resnick. This is the first time he's been on my show, but he, he is a wealth of information. Um, I can let, I'll let him tell you a little bit about him, but he's also a real estate investor. So most of the people who come on my show are real estate investors besides having other um, careers. And we're going to be discussing how to sell your home with tenants living there in 2020. And that is a big concern for most of the real estate investors at this time. So I welcome Vladimir. He's coming on uh, right now on the screen. Hi, Vladimir. How are you doing? Hi, I'm very Hi. good. Thank you very much. It's a privilege you, my, to be on the show. My pleasure. My pleasure. Welcome to my show, All Things Real Estate. So help us out here. Tell us a little bit about your background, and then we can go into how to sell your home with tenants in, in them. Right. So um, just um, um, a little bit of a background. I'm, I'm a broker of record and founder of Times Realty Group. And um, in addition to being a real estate broker, I'm also licensed by the Law Society of Ontario as a paralegal. Okay. And I first began providing legal, uh, legal services in 1992 as a paralegal within okay. one of the first uh, Toronto Russian speaking law firms. And then I opened my own paralegal practice in 1994 which yes. I ran for a number of years, then took on a partner. And in 2002, I sold my partnership in the paralegal firm, moved to work in insurance-related health management, including life and disability insurance defense investigation, all of which were still closely related to legal services. But in 2005, I took out a real estate license, and then I focused primarily on real estate for the mm -hmm. last 15 years. Uh, in 2008, I ran Times Real Group, which is... Um, um, a company that now has about 28, well, exactly 28 uh, agents. And even though I didn't seriously plan on returning to the legal field, but as a real estate broker, I was still being approached by some of my clients and colleagues with legal questions. So um, finally, I was getting tired of saying no to all these requests. And uh, a turning point for me was summer of 2018 when I sold an illegal fiveplex for a client as a broker and I had to assist assist the client in settling or relocating or evicting five tenants. And that's when I knew that you could kind of take me out of the legal field, but you couldn't take the legal field out of me. <laughs> Even if you I, wanted to, right? Even if you wanted to. <laughs> I went back to, uh, to college. I found an accredited school, completed the studies, wrote my licensing exam. Now I'm a paralegal again. So... Um, that's that's my background. <laughs> Fantastic! You're the perfect person. And when you actually, um, I got your name through Scott, and uh, he says you've got to talk to um, Vladimir. When I spoke to you, I was blowing. I thought, oh my God, you've got to be on my show. I mean, you have all that background behind you: the insurance, being um, a real estate agent, 
also being a paralegal like you and you see it now like it's really unfolding now with all that's going on with the landlord and tenant board you know we're, we're shut down and they're not holding any meetings at um, hearings i'm sorry at the board but they're doing it online i don't know if you're involved with that or not but really today we're going to be talking about how do you make sure that when you're selling your home the tenants leave vladimir so can you give us the steps of, do, of doing that and getting that done right so um, the first thing uh, to go back to is, I, I know it's been discussed many times um, on your show and different other shows, but the recent changes um, known as Bill 184, which is now in effect, and it brought some important changes to the Residential Tenancies Act. And um, the uh, one change that I would like to focus on is um, that has to do with uh, when a, a seller or a purchaser requires a property for their own use, well, mostly when the seller requires a property for their own use, so when they need vacant possession for the purchaser, then um, how do we go about that and what changes this act um, um, brought for us? So uh, one of the first things I'd like to mention is uh, they um, this act raises the anti-abuse measures or penalties for violations uh, that have increased up to fifty thousand dollars for individuals and two hundred and fifty thousand crazy violations. Crazy. An crazy. example of a violation can be illegal rent, a change of locks, and illegal eviction, or a bad faith notice of termination, such as a bad faith uh, notice of N twelve. If a landlord decides to lie to a tenant about taking the unit for landlord's use, and then turns around and rents it for higher rent that landlord can be liable for this kind of penalty in addition to other compensation as uh, we can discuss but also um this applies to uh the buyer and and the original seller would still be responsible for that so one month's compensation for a buyer on an m12 uh, the sale, the seller is responsible and previously this one month's compensation was only payable for the landlord's own use Mm -hmm. So that's that's quite a significant change. So, for example, uh, let's say if, if uh, many naive sellers will hear from their uh, buyers that oh, we want vacant possession because we want to move in, and then they'll serve a notice um, uh, to the uh, to the tenant and check the box that it's for the purchaser's own use, mm -hmm. and then later the purchaser says thank you very much, uh, turns around and rents it. And the tenant will uh, will 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 file uh, the form with the landlord and tenant board, and they will uh, will they will the penalties will be assessed against the seller because that was the original landlord who gave the form. So that mm -hmm. is very unfair, but this is something uh, to really keep in mind for anybody who is now in a position of um, being on the market uh, listed for sale. That's dangerous, actually. It That's is. Dangerous. It, it, it's it, dangerous it. for the seller. It's dangerous for the seller, and it really is unfair. Again, it's the buyer who's changed the use of it, not the seller. In good faith, took the word of the buyer. I don't see why the seller is is uh, is responsible. I quite don't. I really don't see that at all. I think that's quite unfair. Right. Now, another thing to be to be worried about with with the new act is that the landlord must now also disclose whether they have brought an M12 in the previous two years for any rental unit, by the way, not just the unit in question. So 
Um, I mean, I, I, the rules are not out yet, but I expect that the board will still develop a new forms and rules of practice, which will be required for the landlord to indicate all the particulars of that uh, previous N12 uh, and who was supposed to move in and whether they actually followed through on their previous N12. But this can be very dangerous for the landlord yes. to have a history of giving bad faith N12s because now it, it has to be disclosed and it must be used. The act provides that it must be used um, uh, by, must be considered by by the member of the tribunal so it can be used against the landlord or to discredit their um, N12 applications. And so, um, in fact, it, uh, the board is obligated to consider that history in the analysis of the L2 application uh, if it goes before the board. So these are the factors that uh, the seller must very carefully consider. consider. Now, the good news is uh, and it's the good news for the buyers that um, uh, before, um, uh, under the new act, the tenant is now limited to, to only one year period to make a claim to the board regarding a rent increase, uh, which, by the way, it's not just an increase above guidelines, because um, it used to be, if you raised your rent even by the provincial annual guideline, the requirement was that you, and it still is, that you must give a 90 days notice. Now, mm -hmm. you did not give a proper notice for rent increase. Either it wasn't a 90 day, or in some cases it was a notice by email by some of the you know, less sophisticated, smaller landlords could do it on the back of a napkin. And um, that notice could be challenged any time. Mm -hmm. And the notice, even if the amount of increase wasn't in question, it was still within the guidelines, but the notice could still be void. And what that means or what that meant for the unsuspecting buyer is that a rent increase could have been done years ago and suddenly a tenant could bring that application and void it and claim all, those, all, all the money back. And it could happen to the buyer after closing. So this was an extra area of risk for the buyer. Now, the good news is um, they fixed that and uh, a tenant only has one year uh, to bring uh, any grievance on the rent uh, increase. So uh, the tenant, so if they didn't challenge the increase within 12 months, uh, including the legal rent increase, then um, uh, that will be, uh, that, that, that rent and food will take effect. Of course, there are other ways for the buyers to protect themselves um, mm -hmm. by requiring closure and warranty from the tenant. But this factor is very important to keep in mind when assuming uh, assuming a, a property with a residential tenancy. Mm -hmm. uh, it seems very dangerous, this whole thing right now. And it's not in favor. I don't see it in favor of the small landlord, quite frankly. I don't. That's why well, I always purchase houses that are empty. Vladimir, I never purchase with tenants in there at all. I just buy a house when it's empty. I and agree. That yeah. is the safest. Uh, you're safest not inheriting thing. anybody's yes. problems. I mean, when yes. I when I purchase a house and it is tenanted as a real estate agent, I you know, and not just a paralegal, but also I help people buy and sell these homes. I mm -hmm. always make sure that I include uh, warranties and provisions on uh, and conditions on inspecting tenancies and making sure that my seller has, my buyer uh, has an opportunity to uh, become familiar with the tenancy and go through the same process just as they 
um, if they had uh, uh, been ex accepting the same uh, tenant. So uh, we run a very thorough check on tenancies. If the buyer is inclined to uh, purchase a real property with existing tenants, well, that happens when you buy a multiplexes or yes, you, yes, you, you yes. have no choice there, right? Uh, yes. You can buy it. Um, even, even you still considered a smaller landlord if you buy a triplex or mm -hmm. a fourplex. You're still a yeah. small landlord, but uh, when you buy it fully tenanted, some people see that as an added benefit. Uh, but in fact, you have to do your due diligence mm -hmm. on the tenant. And um, as a broker, I always recommend uh, don't be shy. You put in a condition on inspecting tenancy. Ask for ask the seller to provide you with all uh, the rental applications and all the details and all all the history. I would go as far as uh, require estoppel certificates where both landlord and tenant would uh, certify that uh, the act has been complied with up to the date of uh, closing and that there are no um, circumstances that could give rise to any claims uh, for both landlord and tenant. You never want to inherit any of their uh, bad hit. No, no, no. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was, you know, I started investing 20 years ago, so it was a lot easier. All of this was a lot easier and not as complicated. So I'm glad I started 20 years ago. But right. certainly I, I look at what's going around me and I just shake my head. You know, people not wanting to pay the rent. Not, and you can't even collect from them. I mean, if they don't have any money, how are you going to collect and the damages that are being done? Like it's horrific now, well, unless you really is, know. Yeah, no, but the good news about the damages is now you can bring uh, application, even post-occupancy post uh, or uh, post-eviction damage application or post-termination dam damage application. You can bring that all to the landlord and tenant board. That's actually good news for the... Uh, for the landlords, you used to have to go to small claims court and there was a lot of jurisdictional uh, issues with that and the confusions are complaining about the law. Uh, the law the law can never be uh, satisfy, satisfactory to uh, both sides. Both sides. Yes. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> when, when, at least when both sides complain, you, you, you can hope <laughs> that there's some kind of balance in there for, uh, for everyone. Um, <laughs> at least your hope at least your hope so take right. us through the steps of let's say you're a seller wanting to to sell right. what steps should they be taking that it you know that that they the forms that they need the tenant to fill out well, and then when we get, when we right. then we get to the point the buyer what does the buyer have to do to make sure that he'll get free and clear possession of the property can you take us through the steps please Vladimir yeah. well now the question in everyone's mind is how fast we can evict if the tenant um, if, if we want to sell the property and we want to give vacant possession um, and uh, or if we even expect that a particular tenant is not going to cooperate with a you know, good faith and 12 notice and um, the answer is we, we cannot terminate tenancy and evict before listing uh, you can only give notice to terminate tenancy if your buyer requires the property for their own use and even mm -hmm. and even then there are still problems and risk for the sellers in doing so um, yeah. as i already mentioned so you cannot um evict or terminate tenancy legally uh just to have your property vacant for the listing uh, but you can do a one of 
three things. So uh, the best practice from sales perspective, even though it would be very hard to accept from any landlord, but the best practice is to simply make arrangements with your tenant to leave before you list. You can help them find another plate. Um, a seller can offer to cover moving costs and maybe other compensation. Um, I would suggest that uh, not all tenants are asking for exorbitant cash for key. Oh, no. In yeah. my experience, most are still reasonable when treated reasonably. So mm -hmm. in both, both ways, um, mm -hmm. a landlord owes them one month on an N12 anyway, and mm -hmm. most tenants could be happy with that, especially if they also get a few hundred for moving costs and if you help them find another place, which can mm -hmm. be a challenge for many tenants now. Mm -hmm. So if, 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 if you work proactively with your tenants, if you cooperate with your tenants, that is the best place to start, especially when um, you know courts and tribunals are no longer an efficient option, mm -hmm. unfortunately. Yes. So it will be well worth it in the end. Now you can fix up the place, you can stage it how you want, uh, you can set up showings with logbox, and automatic showing confirmations mm -hmm. for uh, buyer buyers and their realtors. You can drive as many showings as possible in the shortest possible time when there's no one to say no. You can mm -hmm. set it up for, um, you know, the, there's this underpricing strategy to set it up for multiple offers mm -hmm. um, on the hopes of. So make an effort to educate um, uh, yourself on, uh, how to negotiate with your tenant and what uh, you can offer and make an effort to find a solution amicably because uh, that will go a long way and it will be worth it in the end. Now, your second is the most common and unfortunately the most problematic uh, that I see in the field and the most risky option it is when the buyer will take the property for their own use which means they want vacant possession. Mm -hmm. now, most buyers will prefer vacant possession for obvious reasons. So when you um, are listing your property that is tenanted and now you get through all the special difficulties of arranging showings in a tenanted property and a property that doesn't really show its best. And mm -hmm. uh, despite all that, finally you get an offer and it will contain a default preprinted provision for vacant possession. Mm -hmm. And now go back to try and uh, get your agreement with the tenant if you're lucky, um, or worse, you may have to issue an N12, mm -hmm. which you know we'll, we'll we'll talk about as well. But lastly, the best scenario from legal perspective, especially if you if you have to market your property while tenanted, is that you may be fortunate to find a buyer who would be willing to assume the existing tenants. Mm -hmm. And we can we can talk about sellers and buyers perspective for this scenario as well. Mm -hmm. okay. so, Fantastic. As a as a seller, um, before we talk about vacant possession and, and you know, legal implications, we should keep in mind some challenges in your ability to effectively market and show a property that is tenanted. And mm -hmm. yes. in my experience, even the most cooperative tenant will not allow every single showing they will not likely to allow a lockbox, uh, which means that they will probably be home with their kids and pets when the buyer comes in. And they will not allow you to clean, touch up, and make small repairs before the listing. Mm -hmm. And yeah. they will not keep the place in its optimal state of repair or order or hygiene. 
and they will complain about agents who are late or don't show up without cancellation notice or who forget to remove their shoes or who bring too many clients to the property or do not follow pandemic uh, you know precautions and protocols etc so and you must also consider tenants privacy because um you, you, this means you cannot take uh, or post photos or a virtual tour containing mm -hmm. uh, the images of tenants' personal furniture or their belongings without their consent. Yeah. And you must also obtain you must also obtain 24 hours written notice um, for every showing. Now, keep in mind that no agreement with a tenant for a showing with less than 24 hour notice is actually enforceable. If you make an agreement for a shorter notice, you want to keep it in writing, supported by an incentive. But mm -hmm. you're still at the tenant's mercy every time an agent with a buyer shows yeah. up at the door on the doorsteps. So even yeah. a 24 hour notice doesn't guarantee your tenant's cooperation. And and to enforce it, you will have to go to the board and wait a known number of months just to get a hearing. So keep in mind when you are selling a tenanted property, you're always walking on eggshells. Yeah. So, I mean, again, I would say uh, myself, I would only buy something that's empty. I wouldn't go into any of this either as a seller or as a buyer. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's all that energy being wasted, Vladimir, that we could be doing other things at that time. Everything's such a waste of time now. And I, and I, I can't, um, I can't, I, it just doesn't work for me anymore. Wasting all that time and energy for silly things, quite frankly, you know? So yeah. I, I would, I actually, I would say, you know, buyer and seller beware, try and get properties. There's nobody there and uh, buy a seller, get rid of the tenant somehow or another, and then, then put it on the market to sell that you can do it and you'll get a better price for it anyways. Now with multiple offers coming in now, Vladimir, as you know, right in 2020. So yeah, it's very complicated. The other thing is you don't know if they're going to allow the people to come through. Uh, absolutely. Get it right now, on the news, technically, right? technically, once you give a legal notice, uh, you are allowed to come in and the buyer yeah. uh, yeah. is allowed to come in. The act specifically provides for that technically. Yes. But I yeah. always say, yeah. you know, there is a reality. There, there is a legality and then there is a reality. And, yeah. uh, and in reality, uh, even if you've given a 24-hour notice, uh, serve it in accordance with the provisions and mm -hmm. the entry has a specified reasonable window and it's between the hours of 8 and 8 and, and everything is up to the uh, to the letter of the law. Your entry is legal, but if during the pandemic the tenant decides to refuse entry on the mm -hmm. basis that the tenant deems it unsafe for them or if yeah. the tenant is under legal requirement to self-isolate, or yeah. if they, you know, whether or not they actually have COVID symptoms or just symptoms potentially or suspicious mm -hmm. of COVID or returning mm -hmm. from travel, sure. uh, any of these things, we have no recourse. Even mm -hmm. if the tenant is not acting in good, in good faith and just using a pandemic, mm -hmm. you know, as, uh, a, excuse. Uh, as an excuse, as an excuse, uh, we really have no recourse. Mm -hmm. So there's no real way of disproving that, even if we, you know, even if we did, the landlord and tenant board is backed up for many months and tenants know that. Yeah. So I'm back to the same advice, which I give to every client and every agent, mm -hmm. getting the place vacant before you, li you list is yeah. usually cheaper in the long run. And you can mm -hmm. market your property more efficiently without a tenant and you can sell it faster and for higher price. So this is the best, best alternative. I agree. Yeah, let's say, I mean, the tenant, the sellers don't always listen to their agents. 
and they don't always take the best advice and uh, um, they're afraid of, you know, what if they don't sell and they're going to lose the tenant and maybe the tenant is good and is, is worth, you know, accommodating. Um, if we go ahead and after the trouble of showing the tenant at property, we still get an offer and ask for vacant possession most of the time. So now we, we are back to um, uh, making that agreement and we have to make sure that we can actually provide vacant possession uh, for that buyer. Now, if a buyer genuinely requires vacant possession for the buyer's immediate family use um, or for their own use, the seller may must serve a proper notice on the N12 form. Mm -hmm. And you know that doesn't mean that doesn't mean the tenant uh, has to move out. So they may challenge that notice or may um, you know now with all the delays at the at the landlord and tenant board, it may be problematic. Now. Keep in mind that one of the other dangers is that the notice requires you to provide compensation of one month uh, for the tenant uh, by the end of the listing term. Mm -hmm. If you end up in a board hearing um, um, many months after that happens and the tenant still hasn't moved out, the board has no obligation to give you back that compensation. They may order the tenant to pay back the compensation, but there is no there's no guarantee that you even get your uh, your one month's rent back after your eviction is denied. And now you, um, uh, not to mention, I, I already mentioned the risk of uh, when uh, when the buyer um, is giving you a notice in bad faith, and now they uh, turn around and rented it, yes. and, and the seller becomes responsible for all yeah. the yeah. So if you do that. Um, I would require the buyer to submit an affidavit along with their um, uh, offer uh, stating that, swearing to their intention of taking mm -hmm. their own use. This will protect you uh, in the future landlord and tenant board application, and this will potentially even protect you if uh, the deal doesn't close and you end up um, if you couldn't provide vacant possession, if you end up in the superior court, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. failed uh, transaction that could prote protect you there as well. Yeah. I, I, what I see happening, and I predict a lot of landlords, uh, people who are trying to sell will be taken to court and sued because they were not able to provide you know, free possession of the property. I can just see uh, what's going on out there. I can hear it and I can feel what's going to be happening, you know, and it's all because of a tenant when you think about it, right? Uh, so yes, I agree 100%. Get, you know, vacate the property, make sure it's free and clear, everyone's out and then go on with your business. So, I mean, if, if you have great tenants and they're okay with everything, you're lucky, but nobody says they can't um, change their mind at the end. And myself, I would not be giving anyone money until they actually move out. I mean, there'd be uh, no way. That, 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 you can do that on N11. You, you, yeah. can, you, you can time uh, your compensation to mm -hmm. uh, the tenant for when they move out, or you can uh, ask a legal professional to hold the money in trust yes. um, for that time and, and to be given to them. But yeah. you cannot. You don't have that option on an L twelve or oh, an really? Yeah. Oh dear. So so. The but, but, they're, but they're not under the obligation to abide by what they they signed. I mean, I feel kind of that, that's kind of strange for me. So in other words, if you serve them an N twelve and you say you're going to give them one month's rent, okay, let's say yeah. this is what. Okay. You, you so, have so to you, provide that compensation on the end on the end they 
on the termination day of yeah. the notice that you provided. So that means on the day when they're supposed to move out, yes. they, have to get your, um, they have to get your money, your, your one month's rent. If they didn't move out, you're back to the board, and there's no guarantee that the board will give you your money back even if they deny your eviction. There it is. It's the landlord. I'm going to stop now because it's getting. I'm getting depressed by all of this. <laughs> you know? But anyways, at least you've given us an update of what's going on, which is crazy stuff. I, I'm going to tell you quite honestly as an investor, as a business person, this is crazy stuff, right? As a business person. I know. That our hands are tied. I mean, that's what I feel is going on. And that's why I say, Vladimir, and you and I, you know, have been investing a long time. This is a business that we're running. This right. is not a game. It's not a hobby. And you better be careful of what you're saying or what you're doing and protect yourself because no one else is out there to protect you. Right. Except a paralegal that can give you advice and will fight for you, a lawyer or whomever. But other than that, you're on your own. So you better really think everything through before you take that step of either buying a tenanted property, property, sorry, or selling a tenanted property. You well, know, just I wouldn't discourage any. I wouldn't discourage anybody from buying the tenanted property. You just have to go through steps. I mean, if you want to run it as a business and you are, um, mm -hmm. you have a mindset of a business person and mm -hmm. you prepare to treat it as a business, then um, uh, going with um, uh, multi-unit residential buildings or um, uh, fourplex, um, uh, sixplex, and you know those those types of units. That's you know that becomes your primary occupation and your primary source of income. So you do approach it as a business. I wouldn't discourage anybody mm -hmm. from doing that. I would just say if you're buying a property that is tenanted and has these units, there are steps that you can follow as a buyer and. Uh, due diligence that you have to mm -hmm. you have to make. Uh, there are certain conditions, provisions that you can put into the agreement of purchase and sale that will allow you to do your due diligence and walk away from the deal if you mm -hmm. don't find it acceptable. Um, yeah. there are warranties that you can um, um, uh, that you, that you can include in in, in your purchase and sale agreement um, that will obligate uh, the seller mm -hmm. to guarantee certain things and you know protect you that way um, so uh, there's definitely there's definitely a way to do business it's just not um, you know not, it's not easy, not as, easy as, uh, as people think yeah yeah uh, absolutely so vladimir i'm going to uh, close off for now i want to thank you very much for being my guest and how can people get in touch with you vladimir because you've got a, a whole array of services so how people how can people get in touch with you uh, so uh, I operate in real estate under a brokerage called Times Realty Group, and um, you can contact me at uh, you can contact the brokerage at the four one six six sorry four one six four one zero zero one one six. Also, a website timesrealtygroup.com, and for legal services. I, I can be contacted directly at 416-222-9906. The website is Resnick, uh, which is spelled R-E-Z-N-I-K dot legal. Resnick dot legal. And uh, this website has um, a lot of resources for landlords uh, and tenants. It has uh, some resources on small claims and other areas um, in which I, I practice.
um, providing legal services, including um, expropriations, which may be a separate topic uh, that uh, that may be interested for you. Uh, yes, yes, I'd like to have you back for that because some of my members are going through this right now, and and I even sent you a message about that. So we'll talk right. about that another time. Then. I'm happy to be back and talk mm -hmm. about that because there's, there's a lot of things that can be done uh, for uh, for uh, someone whose property is being expropriated or partially expropriated, mm -hmm. or even for someone who who has a neighboring property that's being expropriated and is creating a nuisance. Uh, for them, for them, um, because of increased traffic or noise or other things. So there's a lot of things that can be done for those, um, uh, you know, for those landowners. In those situations, in those situations. Yeah. We yeah. want to thank you very much for being my guest, um, and we will have you back again. So thank you very much. Take care. Thank you very much. Bye. Have a great evening, everyone. Thank you, you again, Maria. Bye bye. Now my pleasure. My pleasure, bye. Vladimir. Thank you. So we had a wonderful discussion about if you're going to be purchasing property. I guess my concern is not so much when you buy multiplexes because you can't get them emptied. I mean, that's understandable. I think what I'm concerned about is single family dwellings pretty much. So um, so that's my concern because I basically don't deal with multiplexes. I deal with single family dwellings. And so I always would, will always buy properties that are not tenanted because I want to move into there and do what I want to do with the property. So um, it but in uh, matters of, you know, a, a duplexes, triplexes, sixplexes, and multi-unit buildings, of course, you don't get them empty. I mean, I understand that. So just, just to kind of clear the air, uh, I, when I'm, what I'm most concerned about is it's a single family dwelling that a family wants to move into and truly wants to live there, but there's tenants li living in that house, single family dwelling now that don't want to leave. So um, that's enough for today. I want to thank you very much for joining me on All Things Real Estate with Maria recruit and by all means please look at us and find us on our my youtube channel real estate media news network we have over 140 videos there all having to do with landlords and tenants and your property we even talk about long-term rentals short-term rentals airbnb you name it i discuss it um, I've been in real estate for 20 years now, starting in 2000. I've been doing long and short-term rentals for the 20 years. I've done rent-to-owns. Um, I've done student rentals. I've done all kinds. And I love to share this information with all these experts that I get to be on my show. So I want to say goodbye now. Thank you very much. This is October the 15th, 2020. I'm your hostess with the mostest, Maria Recruit. Take care now. See you again.